We all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hi, I'm Juliet, and welcome to Finding Faith. I'm the author of two books, one of which is Leaving Church, Finding Faith, Six Steps for Discovering Your Purpose in the World After Leaving the Christian Church, and the primary focus of this podcast. You can find both of my books and how to contact me on my website at julietdoriswilliams.com. And I am here in this space chatting with you about the book and other things that may bubble up when we are talking about faith and life and how those two things intersect. Because if you are at all like me, they always, always intersect. Hello there, Finding Faith friends. I hope that you all are keeping safe, keeping yourselves safe out there. Um, For the record, I am out here in these streets with my mask on, on and over my nose because the nose and the mouth are the vectors, the pathway, the open doors to your respiratory system and the most critical system that you want to protect from all the airborne nasties out there, including the big bad COVID that is still wreaking havoc over all our lives. I heard an old age adage the other day, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think I was watching a movie and it was a, it was a theme throughout, but don't you wish you were strong enough already? Yeah, me too. But here we are, here we are living our lives. We who have survived living our lives and becoming stronger for the doing of it. I'm thinking this is like the human condition. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Even if we have to learn the lesson over and over, it's like, at least for some of us, those of us who are slower learners, those of us who need to repeat a lesson three, five, three or five times before we get it, before we learn, before we, before we have that aha moment, before the light bulb in our heads light up with true understanding. And sometimes those are the most frustrating moments of our very human lives. But when we get it, when we finally get it, just wow. Talk about the massive illumination that happens over your whole being. At least that's how it is for me. My whole brain actually has been popping up with memory and illumination about this phrase that I've been hearing lately, take up space. It's a phrase, it's a, it's a thread actually that's, that's, that's just been uh, showing up throughout all the things that have been catching my attention on all the socials and, and even the mainstream media platforms. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes need a concept to marinate 
for a while before I can latch onto it, before I can apply it to anything meaningful in my life. Do you do that? Do you hear a thing and ask yourself, how does this apply in my life? Is it even relevant in my life? The one question I finally asked myself, how am I taking up this space? And not just this space of the podcast, not just this space of my day job, how am I taking up space in this thing called my life? I have this life, this life that is uniquely my own. No one but me has it. No one but me can use it. No one but me can occupy it. How am I occupying my life? How am I taking up space? How am I taking up space with the people and things I care about the most? And do I dare consider how am I taking up space for myself? Am I prioritizing myself? Do I even consider myself as worthy to occupy space? Not just the space where I am doing things for others, the space where I am doing things just for myself. So as you know, I am an unchurched churchy girl. I um, de-churched some years ago, wrote a book about it and everything. But you know, as I've said, you can take the church, you can take the girl out of the church, but hard as heck to take the church out of the girl. And this is because So many of the teachings, the object lessons came at critical phases of my life when I was immersed in the church. I was able to apply the things I was learning to whatever I happened to be doing or living at the time. So I have always been called to service of some sort. So the things I learned, the things I absorbed while inside church institution greatly benefited me in the outside world. It affected how I served. It affected how I treated my clients or how I interacted with my bosses or my staff. It affected how I occupied space as a wife and mother in a, in a first a, a single family and then as a, in a blended family. The lessons I learned in church institution were like my own personal rule book. And I'm not talking about those moral codes we hear so much about. I'm talking about the one code that all the others were supposed to be about. That one code being love God, love your neighbor as yourself. For me, God was the parent I never had. And every other person I came into contact with was my neighbor which meant, wow, I had a lot of interesting neighbors. (laughs) But my heavenly parent said via the book I called Holy that all these wild and weird and wonderful people were my neighbors. So I had to figure out how to love them. And if I couldn't love them, at least don't hurt them. I took that love God, love your neighbor thing super seriously. I still do. What took me the longest thing to learn was the part on the end of that, the part B of love your neighbor, the part that said as yourself. Yeah, that as yourself part is taking some work. 
Notice I said the present tense as in is taking some work. There's a whole mountain of crap that I've been actively unlayering since I left church. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I've been sharing some of that journey with you here. And let's be clear, the mountain of crap wasn't all the church is doing. I would even say that the easiest part of the unlayering was the stuff at the very top, which was where the church stuff resided. Under that was a lot of my own family of origin stuff. There was adult crap that came with some dark days from bad decisions. Some of it, maybe even most of it, came from cultural and societal indoctrination. And by the way, I hate that word. <laughs> hate that word, so negative. But that's the word that came up. And I did have to stop mid-thought as I was working on this content to, to think about another word. Maybe I want to insert different word here at this point. Um, so when I, when I did the word search, the first thing or first few things that came up were persuasion, discipline, mold, instruct, condition, teach. Very nice, neutral sort of words that we use. Basically, they all mean the same thing. Most of us were culturally and societally conditioned. It's still happening and it's not always a bad thing. In fact, it's a necessary thing. We do want to teach and condition our toddlers, for instance, to not touch hot surfaces. We want to teach them that biting and kicking other people is not okay and will result in negative consequences for them. We want to teach them to look both ways before they cross the street. These are necessary teachings for humans to live by and to live cooperatively. One could say that we have collectively failed at that part, the, the, the living cooperatively, but maybe it just depends on what you're looking at. What's in your viewfinder today? Are you looking at the destruction that we as humans can easily create, or are you looking at the love the breathtaking acts of service that we humans are capable of. I would invite you, talking to myself too, to expand our view if we are only focusing on the negative. I would also invite you to take up space in expanding your opportunities for living cooperatively with your fellow and sister humans. How are you, how are we, bringing light and love? into the world. Are we, are we smarter than the average lightning bug that just goes around creating sparks of light in the darkness? And I'm sure they have some other purpose, but for me, they just inspire me to be more like that. The other day, as I was pondering how I was taking up space in my life, taking up space in service to others, taking up space in service to myself, a memory bubbled up a long time ago in a church study far, far away. The congregation contemplated and kicked around on a vision of enlarging the church's influence in that community. The scripture that we studied and pondered on and embraced was from 
an obscure set of verses from the fourth chapter of First Chronicles, now referenced in popular culture, popular church culture, as the prayer of Jabez. If you're a churchy person like me, you've heard it. In some translations, it goes like this. And Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil so that I might not cause pain. So God granted him what he asked. This memory and this verse was what rose into my conscious present as I was pondering the question of how I was taking up space. It might be just one more example of that thing they say about when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. In my case, the application of the teaching is what appeared. Because yes, back then, it was to enlarge the influence of the cause of that church that I was invested in. But now, how am I occupying the land upon which I stand? How am I enlarging the territory that is uniquely mine? How am I using my voice? How am I activating my service? How am I living according to the one code that has always been my North Star? How am I loving God? How am I loving my neighbor? How am I loving myself? So that, dear Finding Faith friends, is what I'm asking myself. And in the asking, I am also asking you. How are you taking up space? How are you occupying the ground upon which you stand? How are you using your voice? And if you are doing those things, ask yourself why. What is your why? Your why is your very own personal mission, your work on the planet. My hope, my prayer is that however you are enlarging your territory, however you are taking up space, it is in service to making things better for all of us. We need that. And with that, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.